What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sports Card Madness, the podcast that covers the entire collectible space, including sports cards, business, technology, and more. Now brought to you in partnership with Fanatics Live. For today's episode, we sat down with Nat Turner, CEO of Collectors Universe and PSA. We talked to Nat about his collection, some of the cards he's chasing. We dove into PSA a little bit and went through some of the different innovations they're bringing into the hobby, which was really amazing, especially getting into some of the things that they're launching over the next couple of months. We also talked about the grading process at PSA, some of the things we can do to uh, to help that along as collectors. And I think all of you will find this a really useful episode. Before we dive in, I've got a big ask for the audience. If you could take a few seconds and go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and either follow us or subscribe to us, that would be super helpful for the pod. Even leaving us a five-star review would be amazing. This will help keep the podcast coming every Friday. Thanks, everyone. Kick is on the way, and it is What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. LZ and I are here with Nat Turner, who's the CEO of Collectors Universe, the holding company that owns PSA and several other companies. I know Nat is also an angel investor, and I imagine, Nat, you're you're kind of like the kid who grew up and bought the candy store, <laughs> it kind <laughs> of feels like. Um, but welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. Excellent. Um, so I know we connected over, I, I have the full 86 Fleer autograph set and I finally crossed them all over to PSA because I wanted them all in a nice new label and everything. And, and that's how we got in touch. I was just curious, are you surprised it took this long to get, or for someone to get a hundred percent on that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this before. I mean, there's, uh, there's a number, I mean, any set you have folks that, have passed away or, or don't, or reluctant to sign. Um, and you know, it's really tough with any set that's over 20 years old. Um, and there's not, I mean, there's actually quite a few cards in that set. There's over a hundred, right? So yeah. it's not like, you know, one of these original like Gaudis or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, those are much older, but I just mean in terms of the set size, but, um, yeah, no, it's super impressive. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, the problem is it's funny. You have like the Jordan cards, right? And obviously they're kind of the the focus of the set and the stickers, but then you've got the the no-name guys that are just um they're sometimes even more expensive because oh yeah, nobody wanted them to sign stuff back then. Yeah, so, and a lot uh, of them don't sign. I mean, I, I've experienced that a little bit myself. Like you you'll you can mail, you know, good luck finding their address. They don't do show signings and then, oh, yeah. then you send them a card and they you know they never send it back. I mean, that's pretty common. So. Yeah, there there's a really unique situation in this set too where there's a Steve Johnson card that is not his picture. And he, oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He hate, it's a picture of Dave Greenwood, and he <laughs> hates signing that card. I begged him and begged him and begged him. And um, I finally got him to sign through the mail, but uh, it was it was not easy. <laughs> so. It's a very expensive card. Yes, yeah. Great it, example. Is. <laughs> it, is. it is. So I am also in the process of, of building this set. I'm eight cards away. So Autograph? if Nick... If eight yeah. cards left. So if Nick is the first, hopefully, hopefully I'm the second. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you have that on the set registry. I know the DNA set registry is kind of hard, but yeah, I got them both on the set registry, both the sticker. I'm number one on that one. I know the guy who's, well, his set isn't complete uh, for the uh, base set, but yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's I'm on there too. Wait, you I'm have leader. the you have the base set and the stickers. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So I've all and not only that, Nat, but I got bored and then I decided to look up every referee from that season and I got yeah. one every one of them that's living to sign a checklist. So I have that's like cool. 30 checklists signed by it's crazy. It's it's been fun. That's why I needed a new project after that. Do you have the are they card grade as well or just authentic? Most of them are dual graded, almost all of them. Wow. Do you have any like eights, eights or better card grade? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a couple nines, uh, nine, a couple nine tens, and yeah. uh, I've got several eight tens. It's hard to get a nine or ten. Oh, for sure, yeah. On yeah. an eighty-six Fleer, it's just that the vintage stuff is even if it comes out of the pack. The stickers yeah. with the wax on the back of them, and you got to clean that off, and yeah, yeah it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's really yeah, yeah. it's so impressive. Though. So yeah. I actually had a a really like burning question for you about this. So obviously I had to crack a lot of cards, you know, I crack open the slab. Yeah. Get a player to sign it, resubmit to PSA. Do you guys have any way, uh, I'd include the old label sometimes. Do you take that into account at all? Like if I crack an eight, do you, or whoever receives it say that was an eight, we kind of have to be close. Or do you just like forget about that and do it impartially? Um, it's a great question. So look, I'm not a card grader. Um, if you crack it on your own, we pretty much treat it like we've never seen it before uh, mm-hmm. because we don't, you know, the player could have dinged it while signing it or scratched it or, right. you know, if it's in our control and environment, yes, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, we did this with Kareem uh, at the national with a sticker. Actually it happened after the national as well, where a gentleman brought in, I forget what grade it was, but a high grade sticker, 86 flare sticker. And we cracked it with Kareem near, you know, like nearby, we brought the raw cart, like in, in our possession, you know, brought PSA, I mean, brought the cart over, he signed it, we took it back, graded it. So it wasn't floating around being handled. Um, so that's, and we'd love to do that more um, coordinated. Like, you know, we've thought about doing like an, an autograph series where we have someone like, uh, I'm just making this up, but you know, Larry Bird at the office and, you know, anyone can send in a PSA graded Larry Bird card we'll crack it. Well, we'll tell you ahead of time, like is the card, there's no damage. Like, you know, hasn't, you haven't left it in the sun where it's, you know, changed color. And if we were to crack it and have him sign it and then re re uh, holder it effectively, would it maintain the same grade? We've thought about that um, just to ensure. Cause like, yeah, the crack out, especially if you're cracking out PSA cards, you're gambling, you know, the higher, the, the more expensive the gamble. We've seen pretty bad stuff. Like we've seen athletes drop the cards when they were signing them. We've seen them, you know, slide it across the table when they're done signing it. And like, you know, it scratches the bottom. I mean, it's, you know, anything can happen. So, so yeah. I love that Larry Bird idea. What is preventing you from doing that? Um, honestly, a lot of the athletes have um, autograph deals with other mm-hmm. companies. And so we would, and it, there's just not enough uh, juice in it for the athlete. Um, you know, we'd have to charge basically a lot of money per card. Um, you know, to make it worth those guys' time. So we, but we thought about doing it like the national or um, other sh- like the the Chicago's uh, the big Chicago show. Uh, this was it the Sports Tacular um, something like that, uh, mm. where a lot of those guys are already there. Um, but it's really just the economics and also their kind of existing legal deals. Which is sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. geez, you could charge uh, ten bucks a car just to crack them out. You probably yeah. get a couple thousand real quick. <laughs> People just I mean, yeah, you never know. And a lot, you know, what's ironic is a lot of these guys come to our office anyway for their own personal collecting goals. Um, as you've probably seen on our 
mm-hmm. on our social. Like, you know, Peyton was there like a couple, like we could have totally had him, you know, stay for an extra hour, you know, uh, make, you know, make, make however much, you know, probably would have covered his, all of his grading plus his travel and everything. But um, yeah, we're, we're, it's something we're thinking about. Cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so you'd mentioned you have even the, uh, you have the 86 flare set yourself, but what are, what are your most prized? Yeah. <laughs> Tapping the box behind you. It's, he keeps it very close by everybody. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, what are your, what are your prized collections that you have? Anything? That I'm really actually not done. I've, I've got four car, four or five cards left. Um, oh, okay. My, my, so I'm not a, uh, I'm mainly a vintage baseball guy and then a nineties basketball guy. Those are my two kind of personal passions. And then the third in no particular order would be wax. Like I love collecting unopened wax, pretty much all four major sports. Um, and then I collect a lot of LeBron, although that's kind of waned as I've gotten most of the cards that I've, I don't, I really only collect his rookie year stuff. And, um, there's a couple like one-on-ones and low, low numbered stuff. I'll probably never find, but yeah, I mean, the nearest and dearest to my heart would certainly be the precious metal gems cards from 97 metal. Um, which I've completed rad and a long, long time ago, almost a decade ago. And then the greens, I have three left, uh, 123 cards in the set. Um, and so that's the, you know, if the, if the room was burning down those, and then the, actually I I moved those to the PSA vault though, uh, this Wednesday, funny enough. Um, so, and then the Hank Aaron 54 tops, uh, Jim Mint rookie card that I have, um, that would be my other, which is an obnoxious card to own given how valuable it is, but it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like I don't care, like you couldn't pay me any amount of money to give that card up. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's so special. Uh, I love Hank Aaron. And then I have like a bunch of player runs of him and Nolan and Mickey that also are really special. So anyway, I've got a lot of cards that are special to me. Yeah. It sounds like it. So you mentioned you got three, three of the greens left. What are the three? Let's Uh, tell the audience. Maybe they can help you. Oh yeah. I've told everybody no, no luck. Uh, Christian Leitner, which I have seen, I know of one. I haven't seen it in person. It's in, I want to say South Korea. Uh, John Stockton, which I've seen, or I, uh, again, digitally there's, and, and one sold, I forget his name. Was it Adam? So the, there's the, um, he owned one and sold it. Adam Gray, I think his name. Uh, but then there's a PC guy for Stockton in Utah that has one. He won't move it. Those two. And then Robert Pack, which no one has ever seen and no of none of the grading companies have one in their pop report. Um, mm. and so that one's certainly tough, but, you know, prior to the start of this year, there were three cards I had never seen that one plus Del Curry plus Brian Grant, Del Curry and Brian Grant in the same calendar year. I've been doing this set for 15 years. Both of them popped up in Japan of all places. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I got, I was able to get both of them. Thank God. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm still holding out hope for Robert Pack to surface. Honestly, just knowing that one exists would be, or, you know, obviously it exists, but it, you know, is obtainable you know, would mm-hmm. be, would be nice to know. So those right. three, is it sitting in a pack or does somebody it actually have it or did it go right in the trash? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem. Like that, you know, it was such a widely accessible kind of not cheap, but like a accessible set, affordable pack and Robert pack, who the hell is he? So like all these kids probably just, you know, they're in their trunks and binders and, you know, like, but the Jordans, of course, like that's why nine or 10 of them are accounted for all, maybe all of them. Um, you know, the bigger players, that's why they're actually more common because the kids would keep them more likely. Um, there weren't a lot of guys our age opening metal universe in 97. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, was all, it was a bunch of 10 and 12 year olds. So, 
I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. I'll um, be on the lookout now. Yeah, yeah, please. It, it's really interesting with you bringing up just this search that you're under, right? And you know the three cards and you know maybe where two of them are and the last one, the Robert Pack one, you you don't. Uh, we just had a previous episode with Dr. Collectible where we did like a rocket pitch episode where we were just going over just innovations that we could do in the space. And and this was one of them. The idea was is you could create like almost like a bounty hunting service where yeah. Someone hires you out to go and search the depths of the world to <laughs> to find these. So it, it it's funny that you say that because yeah, I think we were onto something with that with that bounty hunter. Nick. Yeah, we've thought right about up. an idea. We've thought about an idea at PSA where you could pay like as a as a non that's not the submitter, but like as just a a collector. Mm -hmm. You know, basically create a want list and you know put a bounty out, and basically anytime that like you could say you know. Anytime a 1997 Metal Universe PMG Green is graded privately, because you know a lot of people use the PSA app now for their grading submissions. You, know, you get your notifications, and when you get your grade reveal, it says, "Oh, congratulations! You got a seven on a you know, which would be a good grade for PMG Green." Hey, there's an anonymous collector out there who'd like to offer you eleven thousand dollars, or you know, just and it creates a um, an instant offer, you know, for for that card, which is kind of a cool idea. So I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually real. We, we, uh, some really smart people on our team in a hackathon a few weeks ago, our engineering team and product team literally built it just sort of like for fun. Uh, and it's not going to launch anytime soon because there's a lot of things to work out kinks and mm -hmm. it's complicated actually. And you dig into it. Um, right. You know, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, so it's like web hosting. As soon as you punch in the domain you want to buy, boom! Oh, hey, you could buy this for twenty grand or whatever. So, yeah. I like I like the idea. Um, mm. I put bounties out on Facebook for cards that I've needed, so I'd love. Yeah, I mean, look, we grade them. like fifty five, sixty thousand cards a day. It's sixty thousand opportunities every day for someone to find something they're looking for. Is one way to think. That's so a great point. Yeah, you're solving a you're solving a real problem right there. Maybe. That's, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good luck with that one. What is PSA's secret sauce? would you say, especially compared to your competition? What do you guys do really well? And on the flip side, what do you know that you need to improve on? Yeah. I mean, our people is by far our biggest asset. Um, you know, it starts with experts uh, and doing it at scale. You know, th that number of cards, you know, anyone can have a, a single expert in a room. You know, we have almost 150 graders worldwide grading cards. And, you know, it's it's really special to and unique that we can you know we think get it right most of the time if not all the time i mean we definitely make mistakes um but you know we take it really seriously and doing that across now three grading offices for psa jersey california and tokyo uh and getting close to the same distribution curve uh of of grades given out on, on authenticity by spec that's the biggest asset um you know for sure i mean what we need to be better at i mean we're still struggling at customer service we have a great cs team but you know we get inundated uh and a lot of it's our own fault like you know we you know still uh you know some cards go out with scratch cases we you know we have shipments that go to the wrong people every now and then like you know again sixty thousand cards a day things can happen doesn't happen often but you know we're you know on a percentage basis it's way less than one percent but we're such a passionate group of people, the collectors, I mean, like myself included, you guys included that like when you, when we screw up on one of your prized possessions, like, guess what? You're going to Twitter and Instagram and blowing us up. 
I don't fault them for that. I, in fact, I used to do the exact same thing before we bought the company, but um, it, you know, it, it, it puts a spotlight on that. We can always be better. So the consistency of our um, I would say customer service and, and, you know, accessibility is probably our biggest weakness at the moment, but we'll fix it. You know? I, I gave your CS team a shout out a couple episodes ago, actually. Um, Cause when I finally got a hold of them and, and had some real good back and forth, I, I had an issue with shipping and then it got sent back to you guys. And it, and I was very, <laughs> I was very worried that it was going to get lost yeah. because it went back to you. And the, the person I was dealing with was, was great. They were, they yeah, were they're excellent. awesome. We just don't yeah. have enough of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, 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 we try, you know, it's really hard, you know, pandemic really made it tough to hire folks in the office that, you know, it's hard to resolve a lot of the issues people have with PSA as a customer. When you work from home, um, you can certainly handle a lot of them, but you know, a lot of these issues are like, Hey, you know, I sent 32 cards in, but you're saying I only have 29. Okay. Like, you know, how do you resolve that if you don't have, you know, the order in front of you? Um, you know, and that, that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, anyway, we're, 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 that's one reason we opened New Jersey. It's one reason we opened Tokyo is to tap into to more local talent where people, where the, where the submitters are. Um, so we can speed up turnaround time. Turnaround times, of course, is another weakness. I mean, we're still, we're like 97% of our orders this year, we returned within the, within the service level, um, you know, which is great. You know, if you go back last year, it was probably like 60%. But guess what? 60 business days is still far too long. And so, you know, I mean, we beat that. We beat it 97% of the time, but it's still, it's still too long. Um, so next year we're, we have a goal to make that 45 days and that's a big, you know, it's 20%, mm -hmm. you know, like our ops team is going to murder me. You know, we all want our, we, we all want our cards back. Pat. Like it should, it's not a good thing when you submit cards and when you get them back, you forgot what you submitted. And sure. we're, we're still kind of close to that. So mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah. Now, one one more auto, uh, autograph question. So I've had this happen a number of times with PSA where I'll get a relatively obscure player. You know, we'll just say Walt Hazard, 1969 card. It will go to PSA and they'll fail the autograph or they'll say inconclusive. In, in right? nine, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll go to JSA because I'm desperate and I'm like, come on, please tell me this is okay. JSA will give me the sticker. I'll put it on the card. Then I'll send it back to PSA, pay again. And then PSA will say, it's good. <laughs> so I was just curious, like how do they treat every submission? Like, like it's a new submission or how do they handle something like that? Yeah. You know, honestly, they don't really look at the other stickers and authentication companies. I mean, that's, you know, you're an N of one, so it's tough to, it's, you know, right. it's tough to say, um, but we really do ignore that team really does ignore, you know, other um, LOAs. Uh, I mean, look, it's always helpful for provenance. If you have, you know, a photo of you, you know, with the car, you know, with, you know, by the way, a lot of people do that. They're, you know, we saw this on Twitter the other day, got, we failed a, or in nine to Curry Auto, but a guy literally had a video of him and his son getting him to sign it, you know, and a lot of these players will do it quickly. And we do take into account, you know, surrounding, you know, material and evidence, but when a card comes back in, we do actually have a photo of every card, uh, every autograph submitted. And we have this giant database by player or by subject and we will, you know, do our best to confirm. It could be the case that we learn more about that player's signature in between the sure. first and the second sub. Um, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure on that exact one, but we don't really. I know the DNA team doesn't really look at the other LOAs. Yeah, so. no, I would never ask you about a specific card. It's just a general yeah. like idea. No, I'd be a new, interested in the process, you know. Yeah, it'd be a new, it'd be a new submission. Yeah, very interesting.
Yeah. Thank you for that little nugget though, around the pictures and the videos, because that was going to be a question I, I had for yeah. you because sometimes I include them. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I forget, but, um, I know the audience. Yeah. It, okay. That's great that it's helpful yeah. because I mean, look, we, we talk still, about this. to be clear, yeah. we've had, and you may remember the, the card porn case not so long ago, that was not an autograph. Mm-hmm. That was more of a photo matching. We, when we failed those, he, that guy brought us the photos at the national, the ones that he ultimately gave to, I forget, it doesn't matter, but whoever photo matched it, those photos were fake or, or were doctored. And so we have, we do have history of people trying to give us fake photos. So again, the photos aren't foolproof either, you know, you know, we, but you know, who you are, you're standing in the hot, like we do take account into account a lot of different factors. If, if uh, possible, like, for example, I, I forget the the guy's name, the subject, but uh, one of the, the ZZ top, you know, uh, uh, artists, one of the two guys, like there was a guy, a, an autograph collector who had a bunch of autographs that he signed and they were pretty different from what we had seen prior. And, you know, he, he was able to give us a ton of evidence, you know, of a signing, you know, we're, you know, we could literally see with the hand that he was signing in that specific way. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, we're always looking for, to learn. Um, but we don't, we don't take every piece of evidence that someone gives us with like, Oh, great. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good that's to go. really, that's really good to know because I've actually included videos of like Jason Tatum signing something on like a tiny URL in that comments box. And I'm like, should I even be doing this? But it sounds like it sounds like that's uh, that's. I mean, look, I'll be honest. Our DNA team is conservative, and that's a good thing. You know, they mm-hmm. they of course they don't care, and we don't charge. By the way, if you get N nine inconclusive, just to be clear. So if mm-hmm. if we say it's N four, which we think it's fake, then you would get charged. But most of the time, if they're not sure, almost all the time, they're going to N nine it, which means it goes back to you free of charge. You pay the shipping. Right. Uh, that they're they're trigger happy on the N9 because, you know, a lot of times the, if the autograph's different and they're not going to N9 something that looks good because again, like why? I and mean, it looks good and the, you know, right. Revenue and, and such too. But like, you know, if, if something looks different, I mean, they don't want to take the risk and, you know, there's nothing I can say or, or Ryan can say to, to tell them to change their mind. Um, but, but that's, that's when the evidence helps is, you know, we had this issue recently, I won't say who, but like the, a pretty big basketball player in in the in some of the recent releases that had a different autograph uh, from his pr- year prior. And and we actually went, we we got to the player's agent and asked for a video to, of the player signing. Um, and he would, sure enough, he signs in both ways, uh, you know, and it was fascinating. Like, it's like, you, know, you don't see that that often, but, you know, and the, the, in that case, the submitter didn't give us the video. We actually sought it out because it was such a big deal. But um uh, you know, point is, is yeah, we're always looking to learn. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a really good point. Nick and I are actually uh, Boston Celtics season ticket holders, and we have definitely seen Jason Tatum's signature morph over the years. So that's perfect. Yeah. perfect. Well, that, and th- this, yeah, this one, it's like, yeah, I mean, it, the problem was it looked like someone was forging his signature, mm-hmm. you know, it was like much more crisp and whatever, but then, yeah, I mean, literally we, we like, we, we have a video of him doing it perfectly. We're like, ah, well, yeah. Like, what do you know? And basically it's a shorthand, it's a fast signature versus a slow signature is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he's, when he's, you know, walking down the tunnel, he's like, you know, and then when he's sitting down with a one of one card, he's taking his time. And, and, you know, it was a good learning for us because we almost in nine, all of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, but we thankfully took the extra mile and, and got the confirmation. So that's great. That's really good to hear that you do go the extra mile. That's awesome. 
I thought it always, would always be interesting. If you think about type one photos and type two photos, I almost think someday down the road, you could have vintage autograph. Like you would know that this was signed in the period, right? Like in the, oh, 80s, yeah. like MJ, well, we, but you could our, actually put it on guys, the label. I know our guys. So great point. Our guys can do, can date autographs of Jordan and Mantle, for example, based on their Ooh. character. Uh, I, I had something we've talked about, um, you know, and you'll see auction houses say early signature, you know, um, like the MJ, the recent one, the photo with the, you know, the type one photo. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. That'd be super cool. Well, yeah, the reason I, it matters. I personally, I personally like the ballpoint pen signatures on the old stuff because you know, yeah. like you know, I'd rather have a '69 mantle being a ballpoint than a sharpie, you know, because it's like, oh, it, it more than likely it was an earlier, you know, autograph. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. I, I like my my Jordan uh, because it was signed in '88 or '87, wow. and it looks like the period signature, and it's on the card. I it wasn't signed at a camp ten years ballpoint? later. Ballpoint. Yeah, I have one in ballpoint and one in sharpie. Um, both signed in, you know, 87, 88, which is, which is perfect. Yeah. yeah that's what you want. Yeah, totally. Nat, I had a, another question. One thing I've noticed lately is this new beta submission process. So I'm submitting yeah. all the time. How's that going? Like, where did that come from? And, um, you know, how, how's the, how's the rollout? Well, actually, what do you think? Do you like it or is it still buggy? I do. So I was actually messing around with it a little bit this morning. I, I've submitted a couple things that way. It's faster. Um, I like how it populates a photo of the set when you start entering it. it. It's almost like going from the U.S. Postal Service shipping site, which was which is terrible, to yeah. going to like a pirate ship, which is much faster and seamless. Mm -hmm. It felt like that to me, where um, it was just like a 2.0, very clear upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of um, ideas. I mean, first of all, it needed to be changed. The old one was frankly crashing like all the time and really slow. Like you type in a, I'm sure you experienced this. I know I did. Like you type in your card and then the, the auto complete, like the list just doesn't load. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I never lost a submission. Thank God. Like even if it would crash, you'd go back and it would still be saved, which was good. But this one, it's basically a brand new platform that allows us to innovate on top of and, we, had, we did a lot of focus groups with collectors. And one of the biggest things we got feedback on was like, hey, I don't really know the card that I'm submitting. Uh, I mean, you and I, us three probably do most of the time when you're submitting, but like a lot of first time collectors and new submitters, they may not. And having the images is super helpful. And what's cool about it is we take images of every card now we have for like two years. And if you submit that card, now we're going to image it when it comes in. The next time someone submits that card, there's going to be an image if it was priorly, if it was not there prior. So you can see it's going to build, like get smarter where, I mean, you've probably noticed like 10 or 20% of the cards have images, you know, every day that's mm -hmm. getting more complete uh, because we're filling the gaps with images as they come in. So that's really cool. But we have a lot of stuff coming. Like we've got prepaid shipping labels. Like right now, when you, um, when you finish the submission, you have to, you know, walk over to FedEx or go to FedEx.com or USPS.com and print, you know, type in our address and we go find it on our website and like, what do I pay? And and you know insurance you'll just be able to click a button and it just prints your printing label your shipping label from your printer um that's another example um yeah the vault integration we've got a really cool thing coming i can't say what in q2 um that's going to be awesome <laughs> regarding uh like after service like what to do with your card um what else yeah we've oh and then the mobile app you're going to be able to scan a card on your phone in front of you it identifies the card and creates the submission for you um so if you're like at a show you just bought a card you, you may not know what it's worth the app will say hey great it's a 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan 
here's the range of values and various grades, click on which grade, which, what quality is it in, you know, roughly, you know, you have, you know, whatever you think, but it identifies it and then gives you an estimate, basically helps you pick the service level and uh, emails you the printing label, the, sorry, the shipping label to print. Um, so you can do basically mobile submissions, which prior to this OSC 2.0, online submission center 2.0, you, you couldn't even load it in the web browser in your mobile uh, on your mobile phone. So yeah, a lot of cool stuff. So you've been taking pictures, you said for roughly about two years now, trying to take a picture of every card. Yeah. It's like this 25 is... million, uh, front and back images. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Did you have the, the foresight two years ago to realize that you needed to start building this database to leverage AI in the future? Like, yeah, no, that, look, this is not, yeah, it's, this was not some like giant light bulb moment. This was like mm -hmm. a, a table stakes thing. Like if we want to do anything, so we, we use these images, we, we actually sent out an email to the whole company. It's like the great unlock is what we called it, where if you have images of things, you can identify the cards, you can help the grading, you can help the research team see if the cards fake or not. You can help the grading team decide what the centering is without having to take out a ruler. You can, you know, start to detect uh, flaws with the card. You have a before and after for the submitter. You know, a lot of times they're like, hey, you damaged my card. But then you pull up the first few and you're like, wow, the crease was there before you sent it to us. Uh, you know, you can build all sorts of, of, you know, stuff on top of these images that, you know, you can help the submission process that we just talked about. Help someone... Mm -hmm you know, identify the card as they're submitting. Um, you know, you can give the image to someone to help them list the card, uh, you know, with the graded image uh, after it's done. Um, you, know, you know, you can do a cert lookup, you know, when someone's buying a card, you can compare, uh, you know, the photo with the card in hand and which is super helpful. Like we see people faking slabs, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, so we take a before and after photo of every card raw and graded. It's like, you know, 200,000 images a day. Um, but it's super cool. And I mean, again, it, it, it was pretty obvious. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to act like it was some genius idea. Like it was, it was pretty obvious. Back yeah. then. The tough part was how to do it. Uh, you know, cause again, at 50, 60,000 cards a day, it, it actually, it added like a lot of cost to our, um, mm -hmm. to our per unit tracking. That was the toughest part is to be like, all right, we're just going to be less profitable for, you know, until we figure out how to make it cheaper to take images. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that 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 data is going to be so so valuable. The, you know, every every day it's getting more and more valuable. So kudos to you. Um, staying on the AI topic, and and you mentioning CS and some of the things that you're trying to work on there. Uh, I'm I'm in the tech industry. I have been for a while, and I know that there are so many great use cases on the CS side around AI. I'm just curious, like, are, are you thinking of using AI to help customers and your customer support team? At all? Yeah, yeah, we are. I'll tell you though, RCS. I mean, unlike Verizon or someone like that, you know, we're dealing with very expensive, typically, you know, highly passionate customers that care deeply, and they should about the service we're providing and the and the and the possessions of theirs that we're currently stewards of. And if you actually dig into our CS, like we have to do, like our exec team and folks, like we do, you know, we have to do customer service occasionally to to see what it's like. You know, it pretty much every customer service case is complex and end of one. Um, and you know, like when's my order going to get there? Okay, like yes, you can use AI, and we kind of launched a feature like this where it it provides you an estimated completion date as opposed to just what you originally submitted it at. 
that actually, yes, AI could solve. And a lot of CS questions are like that, but you'd be shocked at how many minutes it takes the average CS person to handle an average ticket. Um, mm. You know, and like, I'm just not very, I'm pretty skeptical that AI is going to like help us with CS. Uh, frankly, we just need to uh, train our folks really well and have a lot of them. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> like, you know, like it is, you know, it makes it sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Totally switching gears. So uh, it's the holiday season and I am watching a movie with my family last night. We're watching a new Netflix movie called Family Switch. I've heard about this. Okay. All right. So I wanted to bring it up and we're getting towards the end of the movie and PSA comes yeah, up in the yeah. movie and I'm I'm like, oh my goodness. We're Is it Charizard, right? Yeah, the Charizard, PSA yeah. 10, Charizard. It's like a in the movie, they have to like barter to get something and he has to give up his most prized possession, yeah. his prized yeah. possession. I'm just, you know, and it, and it got me thinking, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to talk to Nat tomorrow a, a, about this. I'm like, I have to bring this up. Like, what are your thoughts around just more just the, the pop culture? Like PSA is kind of, it's getting ingrained in just pop culture now a bit. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's really cool. I mean, we've seen that. Um, I don't think it was a PSA slab, but if you remember the movie, The Accountant with Ben Affleck, he had some like Honus Wagner T206s in there, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was was cool in comic books. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. And obviously the the golden show on Netflix, um, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot of athletes that are doing, you know, their own, like AJ Dillon and I, what's his name on the Mavs now? He was on, he was on your team. Grant, was it his name? Grant, oh, Williams. Grant Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a big Pokemon collector. Trout, you know, with what he did with Otani and Bobby Witt Jr. And like all these Peyton, they're all helping to kind of bring it, make it like somewhat cool. I'm not going to ever say this is like super cool, but, um, you know, uh, it, it's making it an asset class at least, which is nice. But Absolutely. yeah, we'd love we'd love it to be in more. We'd love cards in general to be in more movies and commercials and. Yeah, I love the yeah. Fanatics commercial they did. The tops one with uh, Brady. That was cool. That was awesome. Before. Excellent. more stuff like that mm -hmm. it reminds me of the old upper deck commercials you remember like with kevin garnett at the lunch table with like oh yeah want the jersey back because they cut a piece of his jersey out and like that yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. funny you mentioned asset classes that's kind of why i got into high-end vintage autos i was just with my financial advisor just trying to diversify you know from the standard real estate you know stocks bonds whatever and I'm not really into art but i love signed jordan cards <laughs> so it's a similar category so it's funny you you brought that up um yeah no it's a real asset class i mean i'm not i would argue yeah. if you're buying like what's his name uh the the max or mac jones on the no, like if you're buying a one of one card of him for his hundred grand i would say you're 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 more buying you know pink sheet you're you're going all in on a pink yeah, sheet penny stock. stocks <laughs> yeah uh all right, now we want to be respectful of your time. So we have one final question. We actually ask every guest this question. Um, if you could sit down and have a coffee, so we're talking, you know, an hour or two with any sports figure, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, like an athlete? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Athlete. Any yeah. any athlete ever to sit down and have a coffee? Okay, so I'm a huge golfer, so I'm going to have to go with Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. uh, because yeah, he, you know, like, I'm not saying anything you don't already know, but like, I've, I watch videos all the time. I'm sure you do too. of like, you know, Jordan, I, I was watching the last dance last night for like the 40th time. And you know, the, the mentality of him, of Kobe, Jordan, Tiger, you know, of just like win at all costs is so fascinating. But 
like Tiger, I don't know, like it's so hard to argue. Like he dominated a sport that is arguably the hardest sport to dominate. Like basketball, it's so much about athleticism and height. And I'm not minimizing, I'm not minimizing what Jordan is. Trust me. But like as a golfer, like I can't even comprehend how Tiger was as good as he was for as long as he was. And with like a five or six year break and with like all sorts of injuries. I mean, I'm like, I just want to spend like 10 minutes just like understanding how his brain works, because I mean, obviously he made a lot of sacrifices, you know, to to do that, you know, which I'm sure he's still paying for. But um, it's incredible. Uh, I collect his cards pretty, pretty intently, intensely. Um and I would like to see, I remember one time I, I, you know, usually you don't want to meet your heroes. Like some of the players I've met where I'm like, you have, I have your cards. They're like, all right. Like, that's a little weird. <laughs> like, you know, back, <laughs> you know, back up, uh, back up, bro. But um, yeah, Tiger, that'd be, that'd be my pick. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Yeah. It's funny how when we do a sport or like I play guitar, it makes you really appreciate the people who are just exceptional at that or like the best yeah one percent ever at it you're like what how do they even yeah. do this so i imagine yeah. golfing's like that too um yeah like excellent. you know i've met these guys who are like on the like you know these low like you know at the ymca and stuff these guys who like you know like they could make the nba they were in the nba you know and like they're pretty clear you know like they made it you know mm. but then i play with like the best golfer i've ever met you know as like a d1 college player who made it to the low end of the pj tour and you know like he's he's you know tiger woods is 10 times better than he is right so all right i don't i just don't understand it's there's different. levels there's levels to everything yeah there's yeah in golf it just it's the most complicated sport you can imagine um mental and physical um but yeah so excellent yeah well net thank you very much for your time um the thing that really stuck out for me was when we were talking about autographs you said even if I got involved, I couldn't change their mind. That made me feel pretty good as an autograph yeah. collector that submits to PSA. Uh, that really yeah. stuck out for me. But same, same for grading. Like, you know, I uh, and, yeah. and keep the innovations coming. That that's what stood out for me is just all the different ideas that you and your team oh, yeah. are thinking of doing. Yeah, keep it Definitely. coming, please. Yeah, yeah, we had the company had twenty five people on its engineering team when we got here. We now have one hundred and fifty. So we're we're uh, we're. We are, we are, in a, we are trying to innovate. Trust me. Yeah. Love it. Great. So now if anyone has these cards that you want or wants to get in touch with you about something like that, what's a good way yeah. to find you? Oh, Instagram. Yeah. Nat S Turner cards, underscore cards. Perfect. Hopefully we'll find you that Robert Pack card. Hopefully uh, it yeah. exists. I'm not holding my breath. But I, <laughs> I, I Excellent. Thank you, Nat. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. All right, everyone. That was another episode of Sports Card Madness. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please take a few seconds and subscribe wherever you get them, and uh, we'll keep them coming. Thanks, everyone. Mm -hmm.